This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 355, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, March 9th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm Adam Chapman, your host, and this is episode 355. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, March 9th, coming to you on Friday, March 18th, otherwise known as Daredevil Season 2 Day. I'm taking time out from my binge-watching, although my binge-watching has been slowed somewhat by the presence of my two-and-a-half-year-old son, who's now sick from daycare, so not able to quite wedge as much into my my vacation day for dedicated DD viewing as I had wished, but I thought I would take a a brief moment to get caught up on some comic reviews from the week of Wednesday, March 9th. Um, So today's episode... Because it's been so long since I've done a reviews episode, I've actually had a chance to read a lot of the comics that came out last week, which means I'm actually going to be doing even more of a lightning round than normal. I've got about 20 comics to talk about, so even if I spend a minute per comic, you're still going to get a nice 20-minute podcast. So let's see if that actually ends up happening or not. Uh, First up, we've got... First of all, actually, I've, I've been recently talking about books I didn't talk about or didn't have a chance to read before I get into the ones I did. Um, So some of the highlights that I didn't get a chance to read uh, were Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, Earth 2 Society, uh, Green Lantern uh, Corps, Edge of Oblivion number 3, New Suicide Squad, Redwood Arsenal, uh, Starfire, Telos, Donald Duck 11, Howard the Duck number 5, Mighty Thor number 5, Weird World number 4, and Rocket Raccoon and Groot number 3. So let's talk about the comics I did have a chance to read. Uh, first up, we have Action Comics 50. Um, I was not a huge fan. I just felt it was a bit of a mess that they've kind of made this whole Vandal Savage storyline take a lot longer than it needed to. We're getting multiple issues. I think like the whole storyline has been going on for a long time. But just looking at Action Comics from March 9th and then March 16th, we had, uh, I think, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. Uh, and each one was like extra sized and yet it took all that to do relatively little and then when the ending happened it kind of felt like there was no real resolution like it's very weird but this issue it's re- it's called Resurrection it's by Greg Pak and Aaron Cooter uh, Pak did the scripting layouts by Cooter pencils by Aaron Cooter David Messina Yavi Fernandez Bruno Redondo and Vicente Fuentes with a whole crap load of inkers and colors as well. And that's a problem. If you have a, a big issue like this, uh, and unfortunately it leads to a certain, a certain sense of, um, what's the word, inconsistency. I will say, though, that now it's hard to for me to actually think about it, this issue because I read it at the same time as I read the aforementioned Superman, Wonder Woman, and Superman. So it kind of all blends together. I think of the three, this is probably one of the more enjoyable ones. As Superman kind of pushes his limits as far as he can, to uh, you know, try and protect people, and ends up kind of getting his powers back as a result. Um, that's all well and good. The art is atrocious when he does get his powers and his costume back, though. Um, the overall sense of the story is strong because it, it's you know who is Clark Kent uh, under everything, and that's kind of what the whole storyline has been about. Um, and here, you know, he wants to protect people no matter what, and he would give his life gladly, and then it ends up kind of working out for him. Uh, so I gave it a seven out of ten. Next up is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. number 3. This is part of the standoff storyline. I really, really dug this. Um, It's an interesting book so far, written by Mark Guggenheim, artwork by Herman Peralta. Um, It's really well put together. It's fast-paced. There's a lot of intrigue. Um, There's a little bit more into Rick Jones. Rick Jones has U.S. Agents... uh, 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 Shield, which is freaking awesome. Uh, There's an appearance of what looks like it's Wolverine, but obviously it can't be. Um... 
I really, really dug this. I'm excited to see what kind of what happens next. So far, I thought this was a really thrilling issue. Uh, a lot of good things going on. The storyline that started in issue one is still at the kind of the forefront, but we're also getting moved into the standoff. But it feels very natural, and that's not usually the case with these types of crossovers. But instead, it feels like the whole book was designed that it would lead in nicely, and it wasn't just kind of oh, we have a crossover, we we better you know run into it. Um, so I really dug it. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, so far, really solid book. Uh, next up is Old New Wolverine number 6. This is the end of the first arc. Really dug this. I'm so sad, though, because uh, David Lopez is actually leaving the book. But that's really unfortunate. Um, otherwise, this is a really strong, strong uh, ending of the arc. Um, a lot of good character decisions happen here. Um, I forget her name now, but the, the younger clone, badass moment that she has... Um, and, and really quite frightening, too. Uh, I can't recommend this book enough. It's a lot of fun. It's still an X-23 story. Uh, I know that my brother-in-law, Paul, who's been on the show in the past, Paul Scores, has said that he's not so sure about some of the relationships that it seems that suddenly Laura has with like, uh, with um, Doctor Strange, for example, and it felt that some of those were kind of unearned. Um, it didn't really bother me. I thought it's, it worked well. I liked the kind of... We got to see how she interacts with the larger universe and other characters, and I thought that was kind of a nice touch. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Next up is Amazing Spider-Man number 9, which has one of the more ridiculous things I've seen in the Spider-Man comic ever. Um, I like the art. I like Giuseppe Camincoli. Um, I One thing I actually want to speak to, which really has nothing to do with this this book, really, but one thing I like about all the all-new, all-different Marvel Now titles um, is where they have that little kind of black bar on the on the front uh, cover, and it just says, you know, all new storing. It starts now. All new story starts now. It's really a clever and, and good idea to, especially as we're getting up into you know already number nine. Um, we're still able to have these kind of entry points for when there's a new story. I mean, back in the day, it would have been back in like the seventies. We would have been like, hey, it's a new issue, so there's a new story. But I like that they're doing that now to add some differentiation. Um, it's going back in the whole kind of. Uh, Zodiac storyline, which is fine, uh, but what doesn't work about this story is that Spider-Man somehow is able to survive re-entry into the atmosphere in a web ball. That really took me out of the suspension of disbelief. I know some people have said they've already kind of lost that sense um, in the last nine issues, if not further, um, but really, like that that bugged me. Uh, I'm going to give the issue six. I mean, I, I like some of the ideas. It just for as a, as a whole issue, I don't know if it quite worked, but um, I think the pieces were still solid enough. Uh, next up is Batman Superman. This is issue number 30. Um, I really dug this. It felt like an old-school kind of team-up issue, though, and less like you know the newer versions of these characters. It's written by Tom Taylor, who I think really nailed uh, all the characters here. Uh, artwork by Robinson Roca, and I thought his artwork was fantastic, and the inks by Leaston were really good as well. Um, this was a really really well written and an enjoyable story kind of a sad ending um but i really dug this i think this is one of the best kind of issues i read this week i'm gonna give it an eight and a half out of ten not quite a nine but it's close uh next up is batman teenage mutant ninja turtles number four for some reason i thought this was supposed to be the last issue but it's definitely not um as we're i guess just getting started um I like it. Again, I don't know what is up with uh, Freddie Williams II's art because he's a great artist and I love his, his take on all the characters here except for his Batman. And I don't get it because he's such a great artist. You know, like I think his turtles look great. Um, he's just got a, a different sensibility here. Maybe it's the inks and colors that kind of hammer that home as well. But I just cannot get my head around how weird-looking Batman is. He almost just looks too giant. Um, 
like, kind of like this giant hulking mass, but the turtles look great. Like, there's some shots with, like, Raph in the rain, which feels like it's literally a, a page out of, or a, a screenshot from the first Ninja Turtles movie uh, back in, what, 1990? Um, anyways, it, it's, it's a well-written book. Um, the art is, again, great, except for on Batman. Um, I think this is a book that could have easily been terrible, and it's actually been really good. Uh, it's written by James Tinian the Fourth, art, as I said, by Freddie E. Williams II. Uh, so I'll give it a, a solid uh, 8. It was definitely a good read. Uh, next up is Black Knight number 5, which unfortunately is the last issue of Black Knight, which is a real shame, because I actually I quite enjoyed what Frank Thierry was doing. Um, and I'm, it's a shame we won't be able to get to see anything afterwards, because I think there could have been a lot of really cool stories here. Written by Frank Thierry, artwork by Luca Pizzari. Uh, it has a different kind of look to it. Um, I like, you know, the different sensibilities that go on here as well. Um, I think that Frank Thierry had a lot that he wanted to do with Dane, and we'll never get to see it, unfortunately. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. It's a real shame. Speaking of Frank Thierry, we have Catwoman number 50, uh, which is also by Frank Thierry. Um, I really dug this. I thought this was an exceptionally strong, strong issue. Uh, artwork by Inaki Miranda and Geraldo Borges. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the pencils and inks, to be honest, um, and the colors. Like, the art's okay. I did not think it was great. There were some moments that were a little stronger than others, but I thought the scripting was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I don't think the art necessarily nailed exactly what was, you know, trying to be portrayed uh, in the story, but the rest of it was extremely strong, very enjoyable. And then the backups, there's two backups, and those are kind of fun as well. One more so than the other. The Justice League one was a lot more fun. Um... Anyway, so on the whole, as an issue, you get a lot of content for a higher price point. Um, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I think if the artwork had been more, had just been stronger, I think I might have given it a higher rate, rating. Uh, but Thierry's script was great. Uh, next up is Detective Comics number 50. Uh, I really dug this. Um, it's really, you know, really well done. Peter J. Tomasi is just such an amazing writer. Uh, Fernando Pissarro and Anne Scott Eden shared the uh, artistic chores and they were uh, actually a good pair because although there is a difference in the art it's not jarring and it's not frustrating it works um, and then after you get kind of the main story you get this kind of weird almost like backup story and I read it the first time it was kind of like I don't know what this is or what they're trying to do and I didn't really enjoy it and then I got to the end and I was like oh that makes more sense um, that they were doing something called the 11 Curious Cases of Batman, and they're basically taking some old covers from Detective Comics and, and Batman for that. Well, I think just Detective Comics, yeah. And they were just kind of using them as a kind of a framing device, using those covers uh, illustrated by, you know, different artists, uh, current artists. Um, and I thought it was just a really cool concept. Um, so it's interesting, because the first time through, it was kind of like, What? Uh, and then I got to the end, I'm like, oh, that's actually really clever. I almost wish I had known that before, but I guess that kind of takes away kind of the oomph when you get to the end, and he's like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. So I'm going to give this an 8.5 out of 10. Um, I really like this issue. Uh, Tomasi's great. Um, he really can do no more wrong for me, I think. Like, he's just such a great writer. Uh, next up is Doctor Strange, number 6, by Jason Aaron and Chris Bacallo. This is The Last Days of Magic, chapter 1. Um... It was okay. I wasn't a super fan of this. Um, I, I don't know why. I just... It doesn't quite work for me. Um, I, yeah, I, I wasn't a super fan of it. I wanted to enjoy it more than I did, but I, I didn't. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think part of it's Piccolo's artwork. I think I like the art, but at the same time, it, it, something about it just doesn't quite jive with me. I think the script is, is strong. I think the art doesn't quite live up to it. Uh, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Where it definitely was cool to kind of see the end days of magic, but where do you, where do you go from here? Uh, but I guess that's what the next issue is for. Uh, next up is Guardians of the Galaxy number 6. Um, this issue is written by Brian Michael Bendis, artwork by Valerio Shidi. Um, it, I, it wasn't a bad issue, but I felt like it took a long time to eventually get to the point. And uh, it, it, the, the plot progression is slow. Some of the character stuff was nice between Kitty and Star-Lord, but I don't know if it was enough. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, next up is Infinity Entity, number one. I was not a huge fan of this, um, just because I don't know what the point was. I feel like I don't remember the last story, which I guess was the Infinity Relativity. Uh, it's written by Jim Starlin, Starlin artwork by Alan Davis, and uh, I, the story just felt very meandering. I didn't know what the point was. The art was gorgeous, but the story didn't really do anything for me. It felt very navel-gazing, didn't really get anything done. And the artwork was nice, but the story just didn't service it enough. So I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Uh, next up is Mockingbird number 1. This was great. Uh, this was just absolutely fantastic. This was a big surprise. Um, I, I don't know what I was expecting from this, but it was really good. It's written by Chelsea Kane. Artwork by Kate uh, Nimzik. Sorry if I got that totally wrong. Artwork by Rochelle Rosenberg. It is a gorgeous book. Um, a great, you know, fast-paced read. Um... I, you know, this is kind of taking Mockingbird in a different direction, but uh, one one hell of an entertaining direction. Kind of, you know, reminds me of how much I enjoy Spider Woman. Like they're very similar in certain tones. Um, it was very breakneck pace. I really dug it. Uh, next up, so I gave that an eight. Next up is Miss Marvel number five. This is an, also an eight out of ten. Written by G. Willow Wilson. Artwork by Nico Leon. Um, Nico Leon really nailed the artistic. Um, Sorry, just the art in this book and the visual consistency and tone with prior issues really worked. Uh, the story is fun and, and ludicrous and, and silly, but uh, there's, there's real stakes, there's real characters in here, even though there's some ridiculous, crazy, silly stuff as well. Um, I'm just such a huge fan of Miss Marvel. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Next up is Red Wolf number 4, which is another book that I'm really enjoying. Um, I'm really digging it. It's written by Nathan Edmondson, artwork by Dalibor Talajic. Um, it's, it's got its own visual style, uh, great sense of story and pacing. Uh, you really kind of care about Red Wolf as a character. You get to see a little bit more of his past. Um, I can't wait to see what happens next. I'm f- afraid that this book won't end, won't last very long, but I'm glad that they're publishing it, because why not? Like, this is really entertaining, and it's different. It's not, th- not like anything else that Marvel's publishing. But I, to be honest, I think a lot of what Marvel's publishing these days kind of fits into that category where it's not like anything else they've published. Like, a lot of their books are very unique and different. Uh, next up is Spider-Gwen number six. I dug this quite a lot. A really entertaining story by Jason Latour and Robbie Rodriguez. Ending the whole uh, storyline with Harry Osborn. Um, you also get a, a nice kind of sit-down between George and sorry, George Stacy and, um, and Gwen, which I thought was far overdue and glad it finally happened. Uh, I, it was a solid read. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I guess there weren't really any stinkers this week, right? I mean, so far, I think the the, the worst quote-unquote book I read was... Jeez, I don't even know. Gardens of the Galaxy. Oh, Infinity Entity, and that was a 5. 
only because the story, I don't know if it made any sense or did anything. Uh, Spider-Man 2099, number 8, by Peter David and Will Slenny, the uh, the regular ongoing team. Um, it's a, a, a very engaging, interesting kind of read. I love the use of Man Mountain Marco. Um, I, I, you know, it feels like there's some real stakes going on here. Uh, really, really dug it. And I like that Peter kind of helped out Miguel as well. Um, I, I like the issue. Again, the art here is very different from a lot of other Marvel books. Uh, it's it's partly because of how he does digital inks, etc. Uh, you can actually listen to our recent interview, recent in the last three or four months, with Will Slenny. If you go back into the archives and check that out. Um, he's a really interesting guy and it was really interesting hearing his take on his art and how it's evolved. Uh, next up is Spider-Man Deadpool number three. Um, I enjoyed this. I mean, the art remains really the, the biggest draw, obviously, uh, is Ed McGinnis. No, not to, to you know, uh, sell Joe Kelly short, but, I mean, the art is the first thing that kind of made me want to read this. Because I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, generally, but, uh, man, Joe Kelly really made this work. His use of sticks and stone was nice, um, which was kind of cool to see them. Because, geez, how long has it been since they've been around? Um, this, you know, the way that the characters are written was really strong, uh, really dug it, and I'm excited to see kind of what happens next. Uh, the next issue looks like it could be a lot of fun, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Um, next up, Uncanny Avengers number 7, and this was, uh, this was good, uh, not as strong as, as Agent Shield was in terms of being a standoff tie-in. Uh, written by Jerry Dugan, artwork by Ryan Stegman, um, I did think that Stegman's art here was a little bit more, um, not as wild and crazy it had been in previous issues. Um, we have the return of the wrecker already, and I thought that was just a little bit of a, a very quick heel turn. Um, we don't get to see a lot more about what's really going on in terms of the standoff stuff, although we now know that there appear to be multiple Maria Hills, um, and the ending definitely makes you go, what? Uh, well, how are they going to get out of that? Um, but overall, I mean, it definitely moved along the elements of the story itself. Uh, apart from it being a standoff tie-in. And in terms of being standoff-related, I actually think it didn't do much. Uh, so I'm going to give it a 7. And last but not least is now, you know what? I take back everything I said. Sorry, Batman, Superman. Sorry, Detective Comics. You were great comics, but you're not the Vision. Uh, Vision is my 9 out of 10, and uh, as close as I'm going to get to a 9.5, I think. Like, It's just so good. It's by Tom King and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta. If you haven't read uh, Vision... You're really missing out. I don't even want to say anything about it because it's just... I, I don't want to spoil anything about it. It's just... It's absolutely fantastic. It's simple. There's not even a lot necessarily going on, but it's so affecting. Uh, the visuals, the way that flashbacks are used, um, the script by Tom King is just so on point. Uh, this is just an absolute thrill to read from beginning to end. Uh, if you haven't picked up the vision, you've really missed out. Uh, so you should go back and read them or you know, buy the first trade when it comes out in a couple months because you will not be disappointed. It is so damn good. Uh, so that's everything I had a chance to read, but that's 20 comics. I did it in just under 20 minutes, so hurrah, hurrah for me. Uh, looking at comics that came out, well, I'm going to say next week, but really two days ago on March 16th, um, some of the highlights that we will be talking about next week include... Uh, let's see, uh, Poison Ivy, Circle of Life and Death, number three, Robinson and Batman, number ten, Sinestro, twenty-one, Superman, fifty, Superman, American Aliens, Superman, the Coming of the Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman, number twenty-seven. Geez, that's a lot of Superman. Uh, Titans Hunt. Uh, there's a new issue of Mickey Mouse, Uncle Scrooge, and Uncle Scrooge trade paperback came out. Uh, the newest issue of Huck, which is such a fantastic book by Mark Millar. 
Um, all new X-Men, Astonishing Ant-Man, uh, Extraordinary X-Men, which is the beginning of, I believe, the Apocalypse Wars, or Apocalypse War. I can't remember the exact uh, wording or if there's a plural or not. Uh, Infinity Entity number two already. Jeez. International Iron Man number one, a new issue of Caden, second issue of Power Man and Iron Fist, uh, issue of Silk, Spider Woman, Squadron Supreme, Star Brandon's Night Mask, Star Lord, Uncanny Inhumans, and Web Warriors, among other books. So that is the that is it for our reviews episode this week. Uh, you can always email us at comic shenanigans at comic shenanigans at gmail.com, like comic shenanigans on Facebook. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also listen to us on Stitcher. If you do rate and review us on iTunes, let me know, because uh, if you're outside of Canada, I won't necessarily see it as easily. I have to uh, look for it and change in, I think, my iTunes store to be able to see the rating. So let me know, and I'll be sure to read your, uh, your rating and your comment on the air. Thanks again for listening to this episode. This has been episode 355. If you haven't already checked it out, you should check out episode 354, which was our hour and a half sit down, actually a little bit more, an hour and 45 minute sit down with Marvel's executive editor, Tom Brevoort. It was a lot of fun, a great conversation. You should definitely check that out. Uh, plus, uh, not, that, not that long ago, we also had a conversation with Jerry Conway, which you should also check out because that was uh, a lot of fun to have. Anyways, thanks again for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.